to Rich Conversations. This is uh, Rich's therapy session, number one. We're on the farm right now. It's about uh, two weeks, 15 days since uh, getting robbed and assaulted by three gunmen. And today is like, uh, like the first day Really, like the second day, second full day of this um, time that I've just been able to just like step back and think. Smoking a cigar right now, by the way. And uh, so during this time, I've interacted with a lot of people. Um, I've worked at the restaurant. I've gone to a couple 4th of July parties. I rode a tractor in the town parade. Um, talked to a lot of people. and You know, something that comes up is like, are you going to see somebody? Are you going to talk to somebody, right? Because uh, I imagine... For traumatic episodes in life, a lot of people find that helpful. I thought, why don't, why don't we just kind of do it here? Um, to be honest, I, I don't feel like I need to seek therapy. Physically, I'm fine. Psychologically, I do I do notice things like so almost like like a day after it happened. So you're on your way to the movie theater, right? And an SUV pulls up at a stop sign. Doors fly open. Three guys run at you with guns. These are Uzi guns. I, I asked my friend, and he he said it was an Uzi gun. I described it and um, described them and. It's something you can't unsee or unexperience. And you know, so I, I am paranoid, like walking around the city a bit, at least right now. I'm not gonna wear my headphones in public. Although I got some like AirPods this is a whole other story, but I'm like testing the audio to see if I can sync up. Um, like right now when we're recording this, I have a separate mic and a camera. I was hoping that the AirPods would connect with like sync so that I could get all the, and use the microphone, right? But it doesn't work that way. I'm ahead of Apple. <laughs> and There's some psychological stuff. So, like, I worked, uh, like, pretty much the next day, right? And during this shift, 
So someone didn't show up because they said they didn't see the schedule in time. Which, to be fair, I think the schedule could come out a little earlier and you could prevent this issue. Proactiveness. And three things happened during this shift. There's just a lot going on. And I remember one time I was with like customers. So I'm talking to this one person at the bar and then someone in- interrupts us. And so I start talking to him saying, hey, you're interrupting me over here. But then this guy interrupts us over here. And I'm just like, <laughs> I ignore both of them. I go downstairs to the cooler and I punch a box of lemons. Uh, another time, I'm basically having to do like two do- two jobs at once along with stuff that's going on in my head that's happened the last like 24, 36 hours. So we have a lot of these beer signs lying around and there's this like circle hinterland one, <laughs> like really thin and you know, it's metal. And I just, I was in the basement. I just flung it across the roof and it sliced the drywall. There's this nice slice in the drywall. Never done that before. Uh, and then another time, again, I'm doing like multiple jobs at once. So I take the most ambitious stack of dirty plates, you know, walking around collecting them from customers. And we're slammed, right? I go in the kitchen and one small plate drops and it breaks. And my friend Felipe teases me. And you know, we you know, we tease each other all the time, but this time I just went off and I am just not at him not at the kitchen but just like in general just letting off some steam all three of those things have never happened once (laughs) when I've when I've been working Uh, but going back earlier the reason why I'm doing this I don't feel like I know it's helpful for people and it helps people digest uh, moments in life and help them improve I just I don't I don't think I I need to because I do it every single day and I think that's what people don't something that's been on my mind a lot even before this happened was how it's how like nobody knows who I actually am and it's because I don't open up I I have a very hard time opening up in a way you know I grew up I grew up on the farm right I grew up in the Midwest United States of America and we just kind of, we just do our thing. You don't need to talk. You don't need to like, just do your job. Just, you know, just live your life. And I live my life with excellence. I had a near death experience four years ago where I jumped from a burning tractor. This is 2018. And from that event it was like 
life is very fragile and it could go at any moment. I want to live my life the best I can. And at this point, I didn't, I didn't know how and I, I didn't exactly know what that meant. I just started reading books and, and just exploring my curiosity. And, you know, I signed up for a membership at the Art Institute. This was actually before the accident. But then I went for the first time since the, I signed up. And then, like, the art just, like, it's like, this is a museum of ideas. It's not, like, bougie, pretentious stuff that, you know, like, us country boys would think of. Um, and it inspired me. I get inspired. I got inspired by so many different ways, conversations and books and art and people and nature and I have over the last four years developed my own philosophy that I live by and it is of excellence so every day every morning I objectively look at my life and ask myself, how can I be better? How can I get better? What happened? What can I do? How can I improve? Um, and it's like, what do I need to do today to eventually get to where I want to go? What steps do I need to take today? And then like every Thursday, I basically have these ideation sessions. It's typically on a Thursday where I have this eight foot whiteboard in my apartment my Chicago high-rise apartment and I basically just critique my week and myself things um, that have gone well things I can do better things coming up um, and then you know it allows this exploration and it's 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 an opportunity to appreciate and be grateful for where we are and just the life that we have we are actively living our dreams and it's from all the steps I take and the habits I've built every single day for four years like I said excellence and I think therapy is a good thing for people who haven't done that you know it's like like I studied communication psychology but like I know who I am because I take the time every single day to meditate to journal to <laughs> to write to like think about my life instead of watching Netflix instead of like filling my time with all these other things I actively think about how I can make my life better and then take actions to do that. I think oftentimes with like therapy, people just want someone to listen to them. Um, with a particular situation or, I'm not exactly sure, but it's the actions that you take following that that are super important. Um, and through this, <laughs> like, 
I'm very, uh, I can be very objective about my life and the things I need to improve on. So like I mentioned, I probably need to open up a little bit more. And this leads into, and by not doing it, it leads into other issues, right? Like, it's why I'm single, because I have a hard time opening up to women. Because I also am very independent and I like, I know what I'm going for in life. It's like, I need someone who can keep up with my mind. And it's hard to find women like that. But I don't have a hard time like meeting women or anybody. The problem is that there's too big of a selection. You know, it's like if I sit somewhere in public within 20 minutes, a single man or woman will sit down next to me. And then I have a choice of whether or not to engage with that person. But I'm finding too, through this, it's like I don't have someone to talk to. So it's all in my head in a way. That'd be nice. I'm finding that in life right now, like that would be a great thing to have a partner and to work as a team and you go through something like this and you can talk to that individual whereas right now I'm just talking to you guys for better or for worse and uh, you know and I see my friends having children and and marriage and I do want a family Life is all about decision-making. And for the most part, I make great decisions. So now when something like this happens, I'm finally at a point where like, you know, physically I'm fine and I've told the people that I need to tell. Then I did like a social media post. You know, then you got all these messages, right? That's see, this is where I have the issues. I don't need, I just live my life and I live it very excellent. Um, but I also find, I was finding this before getting assaulted is that I do need to open up more on social media and all this stuff I don't know to guess I guess share my life I guess I see I guess the dilemma is like I don't at all believe I need to like share my life for like validation or anything like that. Um, I'm quite content, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it can help other people. Like, did you guys? <laughs> Do you guys know that when I was 22, 
I voluntarily lived homeless in Chicago for four months to better understand the subject and who it affects. So the first month, I slept in parks, bushes. When it was forecasted to rain, I would sneak into buildings and churches. Then I, I entered a shelter program and uh, it was headquartered in Uptown, ironically, where I live now, the neighborhood. The neighborhood was quite different back then in this alleyway known as Blood Alley for all the murders and drug activities back in the day. But there was this like homeless community uh, and resources, but they didn't have overnight housing for single men and women, so they had contracts with overnight shelters in the city. And so I went to the west side of Chicago, East Garfield Park, every night for two months. And that's what my first book is about, Homeless But Human, is about that the time in that shelter in particular and the people I met and the stories and our experiences. Um, but I haven't really shared it. And this is, I guess, something about me is like, and this is what I'm experiencing now too. There's a lot of parallels between the near-death experience of four years ago and also living homeless um, back when I was 22. And... I think what I have most troubles with right now with what's going on is how lonely I, I do feel as far as nobody knows what I know. I've lived homeless. I understand the interconnectedness, the grayness of life. What frustrates me so much is how everybody thinks or they're being told that the world is black and white. It's this or that, that team or that team. Have this view or that view, right? Live this way or that way. And that's, what, that's not what life is at all. Life is all gray. And what you have to do is develop the cognitive ability to navigate the grayness of it. It is not simple. It is not black and white. You learn that living homeless. And I, I had this conversation. So I was, I was sitting with two friends uh, after I got off the bar. So we were, we were having a couple of drinks. I was drink, drinking a Cabernet. Fred <laughs> Sammy's drinking a Dewar's. Uh, and like they said something that I, I never had considered they confronted me this is before uh, this recent assault they confronted me on me not sharing my experience living homeless more and I said, you know, I wrote the book. People can, people can read the book. And he's like, no, you don't even promote it. You don't even do, you don't, 
you don't like talk about it all you don't like you're just sitting on all this like wisdom and knowledge it's your ego and i'm like what because everything i do on a daily basis is to like reduce my ego and to live egoless in the world where i'm just a part of the universe and um you know, just one interdependent component of all of this. And I was shocked. I was shocked. And then and my other friend confirmed it. He's like, yeah, that's ego. I'm like, what? Because I didn't choose to live homeless to, like, talk about it. I lived it because I was genuinely curious about the subject and the community and the people and what it was like and what it what is it what is going through an individual's mind experiencing homelessness. It was never my intention to start an organization about it or like be like a homeless expert and like none of that stuff or even write a book I think the, one of the reasons I wrote a book was that I could just like move on from it and so like if people wanted to know about it it's there it's there if you want it and I'm experiencing that right now with this vent like over the last two weeks I've had to tell so many people I had to tell the story all the time I gotta constantly, I gotta constantly tell this story. So, walking down the street, a couple blocks from the movie theater, I'm going to see Jurassic World for the second time, so that when I talk to NASA's Cat Kennedy tomorrow in our podcast, and we're talking about Jurassic World, I'll be more prepped, right? Then at a stop sign, SUV pulls up, doors fly open, three guys run at me with Uzi guns, demanding everything I have. I tell that story over and over again but I'm I've moved on already it happened I'm okay now physically and I I can only use it as a learning opportunity to get better and if and when this happens again I'll be better prepared so I'm going to prepare now and I'm going to create better systems and processes. I've been telling everybody, like, I've been working really hard this summer on my systems and processes of everything I'm doing, backing stuff up, like creating, being organized. Because uh, I'm not exactly an organized person. Um, but I found that to be a weakness of mine that's preventing me from the results that I want. So I've been practicing and practicing. And they held up. Like, I passed the test, but we could do better. So now with this experience, I'm going to get better and better. Um, But it's like, it's the same thing with, like, the homeless experience. I learned from it. And then I applied what I learned into my life moving forward. And that's what I intend to do with this experience.
I don't want this experience again. I never wanted this experience, but it's happening. It happened to me and it's happening to others all the time. And that makes me really mad. I'm furious right now. But I have to, now that I've, you know, now, one of the reasons why I still wanted to do the recording was so that uh, I can just share the link with people. I don't have to tell the story from start to finish again. So I guess there's this, I don't know, I, I guess I have to share more so that it can help others rather than just helping myself live a better life, I guess. I mean, like you talk about an experience. Live on the streets for four months and you'll learn more than four years in college. You learn a lot. And there's something like I tell people about that too. Something that really stands out is how in the shelter, like all I had was a backpack full of stuff. You know, it's like, this is my toothbrush. <laughs> this is my bar of soap. This is my pen and notebook and my three t-shirts and three boxers and three pairs of socks and like, uh, Those are your prized possessions. But that's all you need. You only need what you need. And so we're in this place or situation where everybody, nobody has anything. Or some have a little bit more than others. And like, but we're all in the same spot. And clothes we wore didn't matter how our hair looked or like facial hair like I had a big beard at the time uh, um, you know race religion like money it didn't really matter and like my whole life leading up to this you know like 22 years you're always being told or taught that character, character is most important, how you treat others. But until this time, this moment in the shelter, I hadn't truly experienced it. And since living homeless, I have not experienced it yet either. In the shelter, the only thing that mattered was your character, how you treated others. You treat someone with respect, they'll show you respect, right? So I'm, I'm in a shelter, it's an overnight shelter on the west side. You know, guys are just getting out of prison, they have nowhere else to go. You got, you know, former gang bainers and like, just a wild, a wild crowd. And, uh, you know, character. 
and I guess what I'm trying to say is that I, I should open up more. of my life to others because maybe it's not for me maybe it is for others maybe people can learn from my experiences and life and how I approach life in the last four years I've developed quantum level abilities it's unreal it's like I can walk out of my apartment, go out on the street, and I see a thousand things at once. Except maybe an SUV that pulls up, <laughs> and doors fly open, and three guys with Uzi guns come at you. Fucking A. I was doing an audio recording at the time. Uh, and so I've just been like I don't know I don't have I just have this phone I have this microphone I'm borrowing this iPad right now I have to I'm processing it and then figuring out a game plan moving forward so I'm reading Bill Belichick's biography to get better organized, detailed oriented, and just execute. Execute, come up with a game plan, a strategy, and execute. Um, the players he loved most, he loves most, have the following characteristics. Toughness, intelligence, work ethic, versatility, self-sacrifice and I possess all those characteristics I'm constantly learning every single day and I think what frustrates me most about what has happened and what will continue to happen and even like yesterday it was the 4th of July and then I guess there's a... I don't follow national news I guess, but like uh, my cousin showed me that a gunman shot people at a parade in Highland Park in Illinois, right? It just seems so obvious of like why these things are happening. And people are saying, I can't believe this happened. What do you mean you can't believe it, it happened? It's happening every single day. And the correlation is the internet. Now, I'm not someone who's anti-internet, anti-technology. I'm very techno-optimist. But people are using it wrong. And people are leading with their egos and attaching their self-worth to all these external things. And it's just full of confirmation and selection bias. So you get these like extremist perspective and views and it affects policies to where like cities in America over the last two years have become dramatically more dangerous 
because of like defund the police like uh measures and initiatives and it doesn't work like extreme far right far left neither of them work and these people if you observe all right if you observe this is what i've been doing the last four years i don't really talk i just observe and if you observe the habits and behaviors of people that fit into these categories there's a lot of insecurity poor habits um, people are a product of their environments and people uh, are finding resources on the internet to embolden them and their own perspectives and opinions and they're not being open or empathetic to other people we're all here in the world right now we all got here because of all the generations before us and the decisions that they made you can be like it just is what it is and we have to get along and create a better tomorrow. So that's what I intend to do is channel the experience, learn from it, move forward and try to be more open with my life in my approach, in my philosophy, and uh, live an even greater life. <laughs> so, let's do that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, have a fantastic day.